Welcome to the Global Hearted Podcast, where your heart for people around the world can deepen, and where you can be empowered to better reflect Jesus and His heart for all to know Him. I'm Jason Paulson, here with Anthony Taylor for today's discussion. Anthony, in our last episodes, uh, we talked about some of the issues around getting started with a Bible study with uh, some Muslim friends. We talked about um, translations. We talked about, you know, do we really have to be an expert in the Bible or theologically trained or sound to do a Bible study with our Muslim friends. And I think you had some really good answers there and encouragement for people who have never uh, tried to do something like this. It is something that they can accomplish. And there are translations of the Bible that they can use that will help, um, help their Muslim friends have the greatest chance of not getting tripped up by the English language if you're doing the Bible study in English. Now, before we get into uh, actually stepping into the book of Genesis, we had just a couple more uh, preliminary considerations, starting things that you want to think about as you're getting into Bible study with your Muslim friends. Anthony, can you go over some more of these uh, initial considerations? Uh, love to Jason. When we think about Genesis, you know, it's a really good place to start reading the Bible with our Muslim friends because it can be seen as a neutral text. I mean, it's not overtly Jesus-centered. And, um, and so it, it's kind of a safe, safe place to start. But by saying this, I don't mean that Muslims will find nothing to object to in Genesis. Uh, they likely will. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, those of us who have been believers for, you know, a long time, you know, we, we've gotten so used to the book of Genesis uh, that sometimes we miss things as we as we read. But, you know, some of us, as we read it with fresh eyes, maybe we too will find some of the details in Genesis troubling. Um, and that's okay. You know, I, I, we have a Bible study with some Jewish friends and they talk, you know, over and over, they talked about how, you know, as Jewish people, they, they wrestle with the, the scriptures because they find difficult things in their own <laughs> scriptures, which are we share. And, um, and so it's okay to wrestle with God over some of the more difficult passages where we don't understand why, why is that happening? Um, and so if we can admit to our Muslim friends that we too have some of these struggles, uh, it allows them to be honest with us about the details that trouble them. And actually, if we hear what, you know, what troubles them as they read the text, you know, it allows us to see that text with fresh eyes and then wonder what, what is going on here. And Maybe I've just looked over it and not even thought about it. And maybe I too should be somewhat troubled by it. I, I think <clears throat> the um, that's the beauty of studying with other people. And then when you feel that trouble, you can go to prayer and you say, God, what's actually happening in this passage? And why, you know, why did you do it that way? And that's a, a way to 
discover God in fresh ways because he will provide the answers over a period of time. Um, another point is our Muslim friends come from cultures that excel in hospitality. And so if you're, you know, that's re what's really nice is this gives an opportunity for you to have your Muslim friends into your house. And so, you know, we should make an effort to create a warm and friendly environment for, for our guests. You know, now that seems effortless for our Muslim friends, and, but it's not necessarily the same for us. We get a little apprehensive um, with the idea of hospitality. Um, nonetheless, we should do what we can to create a, a warm environment for each time we get together by providing good hospitality and friendly chat chatter. And good hospitality isn't really complicated. You just get some coffee or tea or, you know, and some cookies. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It just has to be simple, you know, simple with love, you know, is what makes good hospitality. Um, and, you know, so our focus should be on strengthening the relationship and because it's in the context of our relationship that Christ is manifested and glorified. And when we catch that, you know, because we're not just brains sitting with each other reading the Bible, we're, pe we're people with, you know, and our Muslim friends are looking at us holistically. They're not just looking at the ideas that we have in our head. Um, as believers, we say that, you know, God lives in us and he's transforming our lives as we go day by day. We're not, you know, we never achieve perfection. That, that happens when we get to heaven. But <clears throat> we're, you know, so as imperfect as we are, still Christ is in us. And, you know, and that, that you know, the, the evidence of that, of the evidence of the presence of Christ is coming through our lives in a variety of ways. And our, you know, all of our friends are picking up on that. So, um, you know, so it's uh, that's why the focus should be on strengthening our relationship because it's in that relationship the person is touching our the whole of our life, um, not just our ideas. Um, <clears throat> that you know, it, and it's in the totality of our lives that Christ is glorified and and. You know, that's the beauty of being in relationship with people. So, but when the time comes to start, you know, I suggest that um, we read the passage together. And then, and if everyone is comfortable with reading aloud, each person can take turns reading through the passage. Um, none of these chapters are very long. And so it's not very difficult to read through the chapter. Um, but the point of reading the passage and then talking about the details afterwards is to let the spirit use the details you know, of the chapter to speak to each person's heart. Because this is a joint exploration. This isn't a lecture. Um, <clears throat> now, another point to consider is, you know, it's best not to bring notes uh, with, with us to the Bible reading. Um, we should kind of prepare ahead of time. And then share what comes to mind when it fits naturally in the conversation of reading together. And if you don't remember anything about what you try to remember, you just trust that that's not the time to share it. Um, next point would be to use a Bible that has no underlining or notes in it. 
you know, our cultures are, are significantly different in this respect. Muslims, they give high respect to that which they consider God's word. So their Qurans, they would typically wrap in a special cloth, a cloth and they place it in a very prominent place in the home, uh, typically above all the other books that are in, the, um, in their house. And yet we have a more utilitarian approach to God's word. We want to understand it and we want to remember what we see in each passage. So we make notes in it, we underline. And, and you know, we, we're very utilitarian. If we're sitting on the floor, we have think about nothing about putting our Bible on the floor. Um, and that's something that, you know, Muslims just look at and shake their head. How can you put something so holy on the floor? That's where your feet go and the feet are unclean. So, um, you know, so even though we don't, we have much more utilitarian approach out of deference and respect for our Muslim friends, uh, we do well to um, show a similar level of respect to our Bibles as they do the Quran you know, be, to just to be respectful to them and the, how they perceive reality. So, um, you know, that creates a bridge because they, and all of a sudden they say, well, you, you have the same respect for God's word that, that we do, you know, which builds a bridge. And then, <clears throat> then, and this is sometimes difficult for us as, you know, as followers of Jesus, who, you know, spend time in the word. And when we look at the Bible, we want to interpret it in the right way. And um, so we want to sometimes jump in and fix if somebody doesn't see it the right way. We want to say, oh, well, really the passage says this. But if we do that, we're not creating a space, a safe space for discussing the contents of the passage because people will be kind of, will learn, oh, I shouldn't say anything because it's going to get contradicted. Um, and so that doesn't necessarily come naturally to many of us. Um, and so the rule is we don't have to make sure people see the details the way we see them. What we want to do is let each person share freely what they see in the passage, even if it is we could sit there and think, well, that's completely wrong. Well, that doesn't matter because what matters is that people have a safe place to share. Um, we, so we don't have to fix what people see. Um, we can let them express themselves and we should thank them for what they share, whatever it is. And um, you know, the nice thing about that is, though, is that afterwards, when they leave, the study's over, we can think about what they shared. And maybe there's something there that we thought was so wrong, but, you know, we said, wow, why did they share that? Why did they, how did they see that? And so maybe we learned something new in the passage that we hadn't seen before. But, um, but that doesn't mean we can't share what we want. When it's our turn to share, we just create a safe space by saying something like, you know, you know, I see this in the story. It's a bit different from what you saw. And that's okay because we see, you know, the story can say different things to different people. Um, 
And so then you can share what you think it shares, but you're just sharing. You're just saying, well, this is kind of what I see and that's okay. Um, and then the next point is we shouldn't add to the story. Um, we should keep focused on the details of the story. Now, because we're reading the Genesis in the light of Jesus' life and the New Testament and the full revelation that we have there in the New Testament, um, we sometimes want to inject our uh, New Testament understandings into the passage of the Old Testament. And that happens at church a lot, you know, in our churches, that's kind of the safe, you know, that's kind of, that's what pastors do. Um, and yet, uh, for our Muslim friends, that's typically unhelpful. Um, they should be able to focus on the details of the passage so they can see what the passage is communicating. Like somebody who doesn't have the New Testament, if they're just reading Genesis, what are they supposed to take away from reading Genesis? Now, of course, you can't be 100% doing that uh, all the time, but um, that should be the general rule. Uh, and um, for example, when you're reading in Genesis chapter one, God says, let us make men in our image. And all of a sudden we want to say, see this us, you know, and we want to put Trinitarian thinking into that us there. Uh, and we'll talk about that later, but um, but that isn't necessarily a good thing to do at that stage. And we'll unpack that later as we go through the chapter. And then also try to limit what we share. Um, there are so many things to talk about in each passage. And we'll, as we dig deeper into the passage um, in our podcast, we'll see uh, that there's a lot in there. But we don't need, you know, we don't need to share all of that information. Um, we tend to want people to know everything that we know, um, but that's unnecessary. The beauty is the creation narrative is so powerful and it has, you know, it, it sets the stage for so much. Uh, going back to it from time to time and referring to it as we read further on in the book of Genesis um you know is help is helpful and um and by doing that going back rather than jumping up to the new testament but as we read further into genesis if it makes sense to draw from a truth that was we saw in genesis chapter one then it just enhances the meaning or the richness of the what's happening in the later chapters so those are some practical considerations to consider, you know, to keep in mind as uh, we study the scriptures together, read the scriptures with our friends. Um, so once we, so now that we've set the stage for that, the next thing to do is to say, you know, to let our friends know what questions we'll be asking. Um, as we read the passage afterwards, let's ask these, ourselves these questions. And these aren't typical questions that you would ask in maybe your church fellowship Bible study. Maybe you do. I depend. I don't, I don't know how people do, do stuff. But like, for example, you could sit there and say, what did you like in the passage? Now, 
I, do we have a, you know, is normally we wouldn't ask ourselves that question. Now, do I have a right to like something or not like something? <laughs> but that's just kind of a normal question once you get beyond our first objection. Well, maybe there is something that I really like in this passage, and what is it? Um, and then the opposite question, is there some, something in the passage you didn't like, or you found objectionable or disturbing? We typically don't ask ourselves that question, but it really is a helpful question to ask ourselves, as well as our Muslim friends. Because if we find something that we object to, now all of a sudden we've tapped into something that we really need to explore with each other and with the Lord. Um, and then the third question is, what um, does this passage tell us about God? Um, <clears throat> that's you know, a beautiful question to ask. What do I learn about God in this passage? And then the next question would be, what does this passage tell us about humans in general? Is there something about you know, human beings that we this is trying to teach us about? And then finally, what does this passage tell me about myself? Which is, now it's getting personal. <clears throat> yeah, it's talking about humans in general. We all like to talk about humans in general, but do I? <laughs> it gets a little bit too personal when, what is it telling me about myself? What is the spirit speaking to me about me in this passage? And um, again, you, you, you're trying to create a safe space, so you, you don't want to, you know, press that. But if you see something in there, you go, wow, you know, I never saw this before, and I need to, um, I need to reflect on that. Um, man, that's a great thing to say to your Muslim friend. Say, wow, you know, I, 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 I I'm convicted <laughs> by, by what I just read with you, and. <clears throat> That's, that's, that's part of the beauty of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the Word. And, he, and our Muslim friends are looking at us and seeing, well, you know, they're, they're authentic. You know they're, you know, they're not trying to put up a facade here. We're really, truly engaging, you know. And, there's, and they'll feel safe when, to share some things, too. So those are, you know, these, these questions are quite, um, you know, they're, they're rich. Um, and you could use these questions for every single passage across the way. Of course, you can morph them, and we will morph them. But these are kind of standard questions for almost every chapter that you can read in the scripture. What do you like in the passage? What do you not like in the passage? What do you find objectionable or disturbing? And what does this tell us about God? What does it tell us about humans in general? And what does it tell me about myself? Thanks for joining us on the Global Hearted Podcast. If you have more questions about how you can find ways to follow Jesus around the globe, or if you have questions you would like to hear Anthony answer, email us at anthony.taylor at globalhearted.com. Or to hear more episodes, go to globalhearted.com. And now receive a good word. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age.